Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, welcome to another episode of Unexpected Experts. Um, Andrew and I are recording this little intro after our interview that we had the other day. So yep. say hello, Andrea. Hello. 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 That's like a little Mrs. Doubtfire kind of hello. Ooh, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, we, oh. we had a great time with this episode, honestly. I think it was mm. great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really stoked for people to hear it. Absolutely. Uh, it's one we of were... my childhood friends, which is great. Yeah. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great episode. I, I think it was um it was definitely an, a topic that is I think super universal, obviously. Sure. But yeah, you know, there's enough parents I'm sure that listen that have kids and have struggle have struggles with their kids sleeping and all of that that um, I'm sure there's definitely a lot all. of useful <laughs> info in here for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's good. Um, we learned a lot about sleep just from like a professional sleep consultant yeah. standpoint, I guess. Um, Kira's been doing her uh, little side hustle, as she calls it, um, for I think almost a year now, publicly. She did it before um, a lot more low-key and like not as a professional thing but she's now starting to build her business um wonderland sleep co is the name of her sleep consultant gig um yeah and i mean she's helped me a ton personally um with my now two kids um and it's yeah just been really helpful to like shoot some things at her and no, that's not the saying. It's bounce some things off of her. <laughs> bounce, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of sleep, sleep and lack thereof. Um, yeah, it's she's just like a really great resource. So if you are in the neighborhood of looking for someone um, for infant sleep help, um, definitely reach out to her. Uh, and if you're an adult and you're just like looking to sort of re design your sleep journey yeah um there's some really good tips and um tricks and suggestions that i think people can take away from this episode yeah. which and, is really cool you know just overall useful info about sleep because i think it's mm. not something we talk about super often no but it's something no. that we all do totally. you know for a third of our life so yeah super important to kind of wrap our heads around it in any facet of life if you're raising kids or if you're dealing with sleep issues yourself you know Totally. I saw this reel. (laughs) I saw this reel on Instagram. Actually, I think someone sent it to me. Um, Or I don't know. Anyways, and it was this mom holding her little baby. And it's like one of those voiceover ones. And she's just talking about how she like, oh, my goodness, I got eight hours of sleep. And then there's like a pause. And she's like, over the last three days, (laughs) I "I feel seen. <laughs> um, uh, that's legit. It was very relatable for me, so I thought it was a good laugh. But, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, and like speaking of laughs too, we had enough laughs in the room for sure. Like oh, we were sure. able to record this whole thing in person, which was yeah. awesome. So like fun. actually the first podcast interview that we've done where every person, I guess, well, the first podcast in- interview that you and I have done sure. where we've yeah. all been in the same room. Because right. I've I've done a few in-person interviews over season. like over the first season. Yeah. But yeah. Having everybody like in the same been, room was great. Yeah. We've been virtual for a long time and. I think yeah. I made a comment in the beginning just how weird it was. You did, like, yes. People are like <laughs> staring at me like it's a normal conversation and I can't just like avoid eye contact like I can when I'm looking at a screen. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Yeah. But I guess with that, like it was awesome having everybody in the room, but mm-hmm. there is a bit of an audio echo that I'm, I guess as we're recording this, I'm currently editing this episode. So I'm trying to figure out what I can do about if the we sound can eliminate it. Yeah. echo and uh, what to eliminate and how to do it. But it'll all come out in the wash. And yeah. as soon as you finish listening to us blab about it, then you'll hear how good or how poorly I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. But, I, think, uh, I mean, regardless, yeah, if you can just sort of, you know, um, let that not be a distraction for you. There's some really cool stuff that we got to talk about in terms of sleep and, um, you know, just be, if you are someone who doesn't have your own kids, um, I still think it's valuable, uh, cause we talk about our own sleep journeys as adults and maybe some of the things that we do as like nighttime rituals, um, or don't do right for sure. Um, to get ourselves prepared for, Oh yeah. I just remembered the don't do, um, Uh, to get ourselves prepared for sleep um and yeah I think yeah it is it was a great episode I mean yeah like I said one of my childhood friends like I've known Kira since grade four um so we've known each other for a long time and um I think we discussed it on the podcast uh that you know we weren't always the best of friends I don't know if that actually made that on there or if we were talking about it before we hit record but um, I don't know I guess it's we coming out now. So. We definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, all, we know it and our friend group knows it. Like, we had some challenging times. And um, as Kira said, in person, we have done a lot of growing since then. And I think that That's right. her, and I, her and I are, like, really close now, especially because we both have kids and they're around-ish the same age. Um, so we have a lot in common bounce a lot of stuff off of each other which is really great so i appreciate her and the wisdom that she brought to the episode so, yeah thanks, it was kira. great <laughs> so thanks kira so i yeah. guess without uh, without any further delay let's jump right on in enjoy Hello, hello. Hello. How are we doing? We're doing. <laughs> we are we're, here. We're here. We're, we're in person. We're in person. Which is weird. Even though we have our virtual setup set up. Yeah. Because we're having technical difficulties. But Technology just doesn't work some days and that's okay. Yeah. You gotta be adaptable, right? Yeah. And we're upstairs so um, you'll probably hear my crying baby toddler my crying toddler in the background and hopefully my baby who's strapped to me does not cry because that will be a lot louder yeah parker's down for nap time and he's never not down for nap time. yeah she's in the she's room up for nap time. yeah 
Yeah, she's uh, around she's, and uh, very appropriate that we're yes, trying to struggle with nap time ironic, right now. The irony of the situation is yeah. that we have Akira, my wonderful friend, who has a sleep consultant business company. I don't know what to call it. Anyways, she is a sleep consultant and my toddler is not sleeping. Who normally very does ironic. sleep. Yes. Who does sleep. <laughs> like, this is very strange. She's been in her crib for... Oh, over an hour now. That's so great. Anyways. She just knows. She, she knows, knows that there's a party happening outside. Yeah. And she just yeah. wants to be a part of it. She just <laughs> wants to be in on the fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So my apologies to the people. She is okay. If you hear her crying in the background, she's fine. She's absolutely okay. She's just really sad that she can't be with us. So anyways, welcome to Kira, um, sleep consultant of Wonderland Sleep Co., Kira herself has two youngins. She's got. It's really weird that we're in person. Like I don't like people looking. <laughs> we're like, like, the window. I'll pretend that your face is on the window. I like then... that online. I can just like look away from the screen. Yeah. Not, not make eye contact. Anyways, um, she but this is so much more fun. Yeah, this is so much more chill. It's more personable. It's great. It's the way it should be, but it's just weird because it's her first time back. But. Anyways, she has two kids of her own. Um, can I? Yeah, are go you ahead. fine with it? Yeah, okay. totally. So Jude is five. Yeah, he's five. He's five. He's in kindergarten this year. Mm-hmm. And then little Whitney Lou is uh, two and a half by this point. Yeah. Give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also very sweet. So um, she, I would say, I don't want to speak for you, but um sleep with jude i guess we were talking people will hopefully have listened to our last podcast and like heard a bit about sleep in general but yeah we're here to like really dive into it today um but with jude you like had a great time with him oh there there were times we definitely had some challenges in the first few months for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was not a predictable little baby. So. No, no. Yeah, it was and a then Whitney was your little dream child mm-hmm. who, unlike my second, actually, Maisie has started to find her fist or her hands, but she is sticking her fingers too far down her oh, throat. Dear. Oh, so she's starting to choke herself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a coping mechanism yet. Yeah, it's more yeah. of a scary time. She's just learning. Um, but yeah, She's anyways, learning. Whitney had found her fingers, which was such a sweet treat for you. <laughs> and she just was like this dream baby. So, um, but yeah, if you want to maybe dive in and tell us essentially what led you to um, Wonderland and if it was your own experience, if it was just the, like myself, the obsession that you had or that became the obsession with sleep and figuring it out with your kids in real time like what what led to wonderland what led to kira the sleep consultant who has delightfully helped me along the way with both of my children so far um we hope that one of those yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> some of you may be wondering if it really is effective based off of the amount of noise you might hear in the background but yeah. it has been very effective this is like the first time in Parker's entire life that she probably has not potentially not napped for her nap time but she'll get there she yeah. will we believe she's lying we down believe. now and rubbing her eyes so I'm like very hopeful that this is the start of a nap 
an hour late, but yeah. hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I've never been on a podcast before, so this is very wonderful. I love well, hearing. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so you asked what has the journey been? How, have, how has Wonderland Sleep Co. kind of come into existence? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I became a mom when I was 27 and kind of had some friends who had kids and some family members. And I had learned, I heard that sleep is very hard in the first few months. And especially a lot of people said, oh, you just never sleep for the first three years or the first five years of life. Oh my goodness. Yes. That is like a common thing. Like people say that. And a lot of people do just live like that with just like, oh, we just accept that we just just don't sleep. This is how it is now. This is our life now. Yeah. And they like find different ways to cope and whatever. But yes, it all kind of depends on your like motives and values and what, what you're willing to accept in life and Mm -hmm. where you feel, you know, it's really necessary to learn and grow and try to pursue like something different, right. As with any kind of value in our life. And so for me, the purpose or like the driving force was my rest is super incredibly important to me, like more than the average person because I have epilepsy. And okay. so, yes, I, one of my biggest triggers is lack of sleep mm-hmm. and exhaustion right. and stress. So really great setup for Such starting a, like the, a family. A combo being a mom. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> absolutely. And the funny thing is, Andrea and I laugh. I'm the sleep consultant that has insomnia. I like, don't sleep very right. well. So I have come a long way with it. I've worked on it a lot. I developed it in, developed, um, epilepsy in university from just not caring about my sleep and not valuing it. Okay. But yeah, I've come a long way. I'm. Now everything's controlled by meds, but I also need to really take care of myself. So I, um, my children's sleep is super, super important so that I don't have that extra factor, you know, influencing my ability to sleep every night. Um, and so I advocate for people who have health issues like epilepsy or, you know, parents who have different situations like sometimes parents yeah it's totally fine for them to support each other and they have lots of help and they can sleep at different times during the day to catch up or whatever and surviving for them looks a little bit different for maybe a family that yeah they have health issues or like single parent homes or people who live away from family support or Mm -hmm. you know there's like like maybe a blended family situation or whatever like multiple children is that much harder than one child so anyway there are lots of reasons why people learn to value their sleep or choose to value their sleep and I am here to be able to help people make those changes so that they can get to a point where they can live well and live peacefully in their home and harmoniously and they can have children who are predictable with their sleep so that honestly so parents can just show up as the Uh best parents that they can be and how they want to live um and I have yeah a big passion for that um sorry I guess there's more to the story just because um my degree is in behavioral science it's actually the same degree that Andrea has okay did, did you two go to school together for that or no if you Kara was before me okay but so we overlapped yeah like we one did year. I think we had one class together although we can't remember which one it is and Kara was like <laughs> I don't think we did and I'm like mm, I'm pretty sure we did but that's okay <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I started a few years before, yeah, yeah. but... I so finished in 2017, but I think I took a break in there, too, yeah. so... Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's psychology and sociology. It's all about personality and human behavior and society and 
um, child development, family development, and brain and cognition and motivation and emotion, wow. all those things. Really, really fun and exciting stuff. But I so didn't. just I, encompasses a lot of different things. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's cute. Yeah. yeah. And wow. I, so I didn't know, obviously, like what my life would unfold like, um, you know, and becoming a sleep consultant kind of came with the motherhood journey. But at that time, yeah, I just wanted to work with people. I wanted mm-hmm. to support people. Mm-hmm. I loved being you know, available as an, you know, an empathic kind of listener to my friends. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was just really, yeah, I had no idea what it was going to be, but I wanted to, yeah, support and help people. Yeah. And and like growing something like sleep can really factor into that. Like Mm -hmm. like I've I've been listening to a few podcast episodes, just in preparation for this a little bit, like getting the idea of sleep into my head. And there was something that one of these podcasters was talking about where, genetically there's like different markers that indicate at what point you sleep during the day so it there's like a night owl gene mm. essentially mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a morning person bird like an early riser type of gene sure. that will affect the way that your body mm-hmm. sleeps mm-hmm. so yeah like super interesting mm-hmm. so that you just awesome. wouldn't really know like you sort of put this blanket statement of, oh, sleep hygiene is important. So but when I you're say, not really taking into effect like individual right. scenarios or different perspectives, situations, physiology, right. genetics, all, all of that. So, mm-hmm. so when I say that I'm not a morning person, it's not my fault. It's literally in my <laughs> DNA. It's like actually Absolutely. in your DNA. Yeah. Sweet. You hear that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for getting up with Parker every morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. Cool. That's sweet. So, so Wonderland sort of unfolded due to degree, you know, later on, obviously, but also due to just like your own personal journey Mm -hmm. with your kids. Yeah. Specifically, dude, like, I feel like that really sparked Mm -hmm. your desire to ensure good sleep habits. Yeah. Like when I was pregnant with him, I became very obsessed with baby sleep and trying to figure out, okay, I need to like do whatever I can to get this kid to sleep because obviously hearing the scary stories of people never sleeping. Um, so I learned the term sleep training and I quickly learned that it is very controversial to be honest. Um, but you know, learning and actually taking in valid sources Mm -hmm. and, um, empirical research, from longitudinal studies that have happened over many, many years all around the world. Um, It's just really important to understand, okay, like sleep training is valid, understanding the purpose of helping your child learn healthy and sustainable sleep habits, Mm -hmm. whether that's with parents or with parents' help or independently mm-hmm. um it's just helping them learn how to sleep kind of sleep well like sleep is a natural function so we kind of think oh well it should be automatic like i should yeah, have to help my kids sleep that you that you like fall into yes, that your body totally. will just do yeah That's not always the case. yeah not well it's just like crawling and learning to eat solid food and learning to right. walk and talk like you do have to help your children learn those skills and um especially sleep like you can help them one way or another and honestly we are all sleep trained and I'm curious about both of your kind of sleep routines and we can talk about all of ours as adults but all of us are we all have our cues or our yes our genetic markers as to like when is the best time of the day for us to sleep and how much sleep we need and then also like <laughs> and then, and then... Said, said the mother holding an infant to her chest. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Time yeah. until summer when I get my midday naps back. There we go. Let's yeah. go. Oh, <laughs> sweet baby Jesus. 
I mean, for me, yeah, especially the sleep hygiene piece, like it sounds so silly or like when you think about like some of these things, it's like, oh, that's not actually gonna make a difference in my sleep. Like, especially for me, I struggle to fall asleep, but the biggest thing is like making sure I get to bed on time. Like, do I have totally. an alarm and to what get on into bed? Like. Yeah, and totally. like the wind down process. And now like my biggest sleep cue or sleep association is a podcast to listen to. Not this one. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I usually did admit to me. It's like, <laughs> you said that you said this in the podcast, but I didn't hear that. But like, I also probably fell asleep. <laughs> Not no, because I'm boring, but because I just probably fell asleep. I usually don't listen to this one to fall asleep. I really don't. I usually listen to office ladies, just so you know. Okay, like okay. if you do, no judgment. If you you do whatever it means your sleep voices hygiene can lull. It could just mean our voices lull you to sleep. And like, you're wonderful. That's to right. You, right. Like, you gotta have, we have you gotta that, that nice like yeah. sexy voice. Oh, there radio. you go. Like, I don't, I don't know if I would fall down. asleep to that kind of voice. It's <laughs> like a like really soft like calming tone. Yeah, maybe like ASMR. Yeah, but <laughs> for some quite. reason, like, rubs me the wrong way. I don't know why. It feels, I don't know, we don't need to get to that. It's fine. Um, anyway, I'd love yes. to hear either of your sleep routines or kind of, I think, did we talk about this last week? Not last week, legitimately, but like last week as in the last podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did kind of like, a little bit. Yeah. Just in terms of like when I said, I talked about how Parker, like I went through her nighttime routine and then I was like, well, like, obviously like I do the same thing every night, most of the time, like, you know, you brush your teeth. I wash my face. I don't know if you do. Um, I feel like guys do not take care of their face as much, which I'm like, how do you not have any acne? You're what is not the deal? wrong. <laughs> yeah, see, right? Um, but it's healthy, not just for acne to wash your face. Anyways, washing face, brushing teeth. Um, before children, I would read a book. <laughs> now I don't have any issues falling asleep. I just like <laughs> flop into bed. I'm like, goodbye world. Um, and what else do I do? brush my teeth, wash my face. I get a snack because I'm up in the, the night and I need something to like make my mouth move so that I don't fall asleep mm -hmm. while I'm feeding my baby. Mm -hmm. uh, and a drink, I usually have some water and still taking my prenatal vitamins. So that's part right. of my nighttime routine. Um, no, I'm not pregnant for those of you who don't understand that prenatal vitamins are also good for after baby because you get lots of vitamins in them. Um, what else do I do? I get my pajamas on and then yeah. I go crawl into bed and if my child is asleep, then I'm asleep. Goodbye. Right. Yeah. Not in any particular order, really. Just those are the things that I will do sometimes, which is not a great habit. I'll like quickly scroll through Instagram because I've had zero time during the day to like look mm -hmm. at some stuff on Instagram, but I usually don't last long. The last two nights, <laughs> Matt and I, it's funny. I'm like tangenting, tangenting. I'm using that as an you're, adverb you're now. Um, <laughs> it's um, just a running joke. Like oh, I, yeah. I like to use the word riffing. When, yeah, let's go riff. When we talk about whatever topic, I'm like oh, let's go riff on that idea. Like we're riffing right now. I like now. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, she just you know what? Grief all the time about it. It's just <laughs> it's so repetitive. But I like tangenting. I think I'm gonna use that. It's not a real word, which is funny as the teacher and the crew that I would use a non-existent <laughs> word. But the educational professional. Totally fine. Yeah, Sometimes you do what you can. Anyways, 
Matt and I just like with two kids and Maisie goes down, like Parker goes down to sleep around seven, seven thirty. Maisie is just kind of like, we're still figuring her out. Cause she's just super weird. Um, we love you. <laughs> um, but <laughs> oftentimes we're in our room in bed at like nine, nine thirty, And because she's in there, we like stay in there and we're like, okay, so we'll just sit here quietly separately existing together in our room and so I have just lately been feeling the strain on our marriage and just like our time together so we rented a movie and we stuck my airpods in one ear each and we watched a movie the last couple of nights but the first night we did Matt fell asleep so (laughs) we have 48 hours to watch it it's very stressful. <laughs> so like, rented, yeah, like, like a 48 hour rental. It's thing. all you get on Amazon Prime is like 48 hours to rent right. the movie. And I'm like, this is stressful. Like we have an hour and a half of the movie left and we only have tonight to watch it. It Good feels way. very stressful. But we're watching Elvis in case you want to know. Um, nice. Yeah. Anyways. Like, so, like Oscar prep? Yeah. Sweet. That's the number one. Getting on it. Um, anyway, so that's become part of our nighttime routine. Over to you. I like to talk too much. What yeah. is your nighttime routine? <laughs> Um, like it's funny based on now listening to so many sleep podcasts in the last few days, I'm like aware of the things in my sleep hygiene, quote unquote, that are not great. So one thing that I really do, I think pretty well consistently is I don't have caffeine after like four Mm o'clock. That's a big one. Um, because like this is, this goes back to when I used to work at Starbucks. Like I would get a quad shot espresso Mm -hmm. drink on the way out the door oh, in the evening shot. before going home and going oh, to bed. Oh my gosh. That's, that's impressive. Like, you're just putting <laughs> nitrous in your veins. Wow. Like, Quad shot. Like a jet fuel. It was unreal. <laughs> but it was, like, I would still be able to sleep. And I guess, historically, I've never had trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, like, maybe once every month or two months or so, there's a night where I can't really get down to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I'm tossing and turning all night. Do you know what it is that's kept you awake in not those, in usually those infrequent times no I, I wonder if it's just maybe pent up anxiety or sure. something in the brain or in the body that keeps you awake and right again like more than i've been listening to these sleep things sure. I'm like, okay that kind of checks out sometimes oh, go right? get your behavioral sciences degree you'll mess yourself up it'll be great <laughs> it's more about overanalyzing yourself <laughs> right yeah it's not about analyzing other people it's like that's a big one is i don't take caffeine after sure. four o'clock usually lucky like you two i'm o'clock. two yeah i was gonna say i'm two o'clock i can't after two right um yeah, but on the flip side of that, I usually have a drink in the evenings, so like, like maybe a beer sure. with dinner, or when I'm watching TV, the or sleepy I'm a friend kind over, of or drinks. yeah, exactly, yeah. right. Or after a choir rehearsal, sure. you know, some of the guys and I will go out to a pub afterwards and have a pint, and then I mm-hmm. go home and go to bed. And so I know alcohol is not good for deep REM sleep; like it interferes with it blood pressure, body temperature. There's all kinds of things that alcohol affects in the body. Not to mention you have diabetes. Yeah, I got diabetes too. So like, let's throw that in the mix. Um, Which that's kind of a weird one because I have this sensor on my arm that will send alerts to my phone if my blood sugar is too high or too low, Mm -hmm. which is so nice. So great. So handy. Mm -hmm. But it wakes me up in the middle of the night when I'm too low. And it's an aggressive, like loud yeah. beep. Like you have it, low blood sugar, is it, get some sugar in you. Yeah. Is it different 
versus low versus high? No, it's it's the same alarm. I think you can oh, probably okay. set them as different things, okay. but I just have them as the same thing. Sure. Either um, is not a great situation to be in. Yeah. yeah. Neither of them are great. No. So, yeah, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But if at like three in the morning I get woken up, like you need to get some sugar totally. in you, then I have to go get up, go to the fridge, suck back an apple juice, and then crawl back into bed and try to sleep. saying that you don't have like a stash of things right beside you so that you don't I do that it. too. Okay. Yeah. But during the night, I like having something liquid that's already dissolved. Sure. It just enters the bloodstream quicker. Fast, and it, yeah. I feel like it lowers my anxiety around sure. having a low during the night. Sure. Um, but I guess, okay. Yeah. So if, if I wake up during the night, then that can kind of throw me off for the rest of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually in the evenings, like when I get home, I'll make dinner or I'll have somebody over for dinner and then we make dinner or whatever it is. I have dinner at about like five to six o'clock mm -hmm. and then Usually after dinner, if I'm just home by myself, I'll like put it on the show. And at that point during the evening, I have lights on in the house that are more of a warmer light. That's great. Yeah. More of an orange or sort of a yellow light mm -hmm. that intentionally feel warmer and mm -hmm. more relaxing and more chill. So it's not like LEDs on you. Because hmm. I work in an office and it's mm -hmm. like fluorescence all day. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... So when I get home, then I like having that more warm, mellow, relaxing mm -hmm. vibe as a way of like getting into sleep a little totally. bit. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, yeah, finishing a show, brushing my teeth, going to bed, take my insulin, and then I'm in the, I'm in the sack. I'm in the sack. Usually at like 11 o'clock because I get up at seven every day. So I make sure, sure that I carve out those eight hours mm -hmm. for sleep mm -hmm. nice. myself. And I don't have kids. You so sure I don't. I have you the freedom and flexibility jerk. to do that. <laughs> what did we do to ourselves, Kira? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. Um, I'm curious about you. What is your, what maybe, because you talked about how your sleep journey um like you have insomnia and so like what maybe have you changed from old routines to current routines to help yourself sleep better if you are sleeping better blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I honestly I think the thing that disrupts me the most is sickness sure and my business so I think being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. many people can relate it is very challenging to have mm -hmm. boundaries around your time like this is actually my side hustle too I have another job okay. and so it's not another full-time job but yeah like sometimes my business especially this last September really took off and mm -hmm. my client load quadrupled so wow. then you're working a lot of evenings and honestly yeah. in this business I am working really hard to help these very exhausted parents like right now like mm -hmm. they need the a solution moment. immediately. It's yeah. really hard to ask them to wait even a couple weeks. So, um, and I care about that. I want to be able to help them fast. So anyway. Because you've been in that boat too. Oh yeah. You understand I need results and yeah, Not even a couple weeks. Like you've shared with me too, just like mm -hmm. how like in the moment you want to be available. And so parents have texted, called, whatever, like in the middle of the night. And you, you had that opportunity. I don't know if you still have it, but good for you for having it because man alive. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be woken up and try to turn my brain on so quickly <laughs> to help someone like through whatever sleep emergency they're having. That would be 
Yeah. Well, like it can be like super rewarding and wonderful. And yes, since I have been there before, I have appreciated, you know, some of the people who supported me during those times. And when you are, you have this like huge lack of confidence in those moments as a parent, like not knowing what to do with your own child. And it's not in that moment. it's It's not like, you're worried about your own sleep. It's that you're worried about helping your child with what they need. So yeah, like I love what I get to do and I, it is so wonderful to be able to help parents and help families to honestly live a more functional and harmonious life. Um, But yeah, like for me, it's absolutely, it disrupts my sleep. And even, you know, there's all the things that go along with helping clients. There's, you know, the website updates and blog posts and social media and, newsletters yeah and the admin work like behind the scenes stuff and all that stuff which is very important and and exciting for me as well so I also and because I'm an Enneagram 3 I care a lot about (laughs) you know the goals that I have and the ideas that I have so those things whirl around in my brain and I also spend time in the evenings working on them sometimes and that's why it's hard for me to put myself to bed and you have you have two kids yeah two young kids who (laughs) They get sick. require a lot of your attention. And yeah, they get sick and they will wake you up yeah. or puke all over the floor. <laughs> That's a story. Oh, oh yes. Andrew was there one time. It's great. <laughs> when my son came down the stairs and we're like, why are you awake? Yeah. That's the thing with a kid who normally sleeps literally totally. every night, 12 hours right, straight. You know there's something wrong. You know there's something wrong. And he just was kind of moaning at the top of the stairs and then he came down and we're just like, oh my gosh. And he threw up all over the floor like he, well, he, oh. threw up, he, threw, he threw up upstairs oh first. he threw up upstairs and first. then he came downstairs to, to try to, to sit with me while you were cleaning upstairs <laughs> and then he threw up again downstairs and I was like cool yeah I'm still here <laughs> why like, am I all here over the walls. no I like I very much appreciated <laughs> you being there I just got like a picture of, like a CSI crime scene oh like blood gosh. spatters it was like, it was pretty I, gross like oh, it's crazy how the much poor kid, can come he out. obviously was <laughs> not good at all Aww. yeah anyway let's move on from yeah. that terrible yeah. disaster <laughs> that's um, the thing though you know that there's like and you have your kids to a certain point in their sleep journey that you know mm-hmm. that there is something wrong mm-hmm. I know we're just supposed to be talking about your sleep journey but like they are a part of your sleep yeah. journey yeah. but you know that there's something wrong with them because you know their sleep like yeah. you know how they normally sleep you know their typical routines that kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's it's nice it's like a nice predictability, even though it's not really a predictability. Yeah. But. Well, that's the thing. Like we're just setting things in place. Like that's what I do with parents totally. working on like setting limits and boundaries. So we know the routine and they know the routine inside and out right. and kids who can sleep independently, especially they have their, they have the skill and they know the skill. And so my son is actually really proud to tell other people how well he sleeps and that he knows how to sleep well. And so cute. That's cool, actually. Um, yeah, and wow. he will tell me when he's tired and when he needs to go to bed. Or, mm-hmm. like, the other day, he actually needed a mental health day from school. He was there at oh, school. He's five. And he got oh, the yeah. office to call. Yeah, he's the best age right now. But he got the office to call home, and he needed to come home. He kind of had a stomach ache. So I do feel like it was affecting him physically, but he right. seemed fine when he was home. Anyway, we kind of had a deal. Okay, you're going to rest if you come home. And so we have, you know, our quiet time in the afternoon for him. Five is kind of late for kids to be napping still. But he, yeah, on a day like that, he can still, he still needs to have his quiet time. And he knows that's good for him. And he doesn't like fight it because we talk about it. He knows what we do with quiet time. It's not going to be 
like you're locked away in your room for the whole day. Like, right. you know, you kind of have ways that you talk with them about it. So they understand that this is a good benefit for them and to be able to sleep all the way through the night and have, you know, something to look forward to mm-hmm. in the morning that he's happy about too. It's, you know, sleep doesn't have to be this big scary thing or this thing that families fight about and get super stressed about at bedtime right. every single night or in yeah. the middle of the night. Like, those kinds of things are actually, they become part of the routine. I actually just wrote a post mm-hmm. yesterday about, or a couple days ago, it was about how kids, you know, when you do have bedtime battles, mm-hmm. it actually can become like part of their rhythm of going to sleep. It's like, well, okay, so yeah. I have my snack downstairs and then we go upstairs and I brush my teeth, get my ja- my pajamas on and then, or brush my teeth, get into the bath and then run around in circles you know, and it's really crazy until mom grabs me and then yeah. I put on my pajamas and go to sleep or, yeah. or like right. I that's, fight that's or part of the yeah. trajectory. Yeah. And it becomes their, their routine. And then, you know, through the night for different night wakings as well, parents come to me and they say, well, this happens every single night or this like is starting to happen all the time. Like, why is this happening? It didn't happen before, but I'm like, yeah, it's becoming a routine and kids will get better and better at what the routine is because they're learning how they wake up. Then. Yeah. Well, they're well, learning how parents will respond to them if they do something even if it's like a negative behavior or like the parents don't respond like well it can be like something that they look for as a way of connection Mm -hmm. with the parents and it just yeah like I said it just becomes kind of their routine so we work on um you know there's a plethora of things that you support parents with Mm -hmm. but this was your sleep journey oh right sorry (laughs) see I can tangent I know But again, like how how often is your sleep training just totally. so associated with right? your kids' sleep training? Yeah, so it really it's, is. it's so much part of the same Absolutely. journey. Yeah. And a lot of parents yeah. do, they end up sleeping with their children. Either they like get into bed with them at mm. 7 p.m. and they fall asleep and they sleep all night with them, or they end up like every single night at midnight, their kid is awake and comes out of their room and then they come and sleep in mom and dad's bedroom yeah. or yeah, so like, this is why I'm putting off Parker going into a girl bed because <laughs> I know that she will just come and crawl into bed. Actually, I don't know if she would. Anyways. Now three is the magic number. You wait till they're three. I know. I'm I'm waiting, girl. Yeah. I will fight Matt so hard on it. <laughs> He's like, anyways, it's fine. That's another tangent. Your sleep. Oh, yeah. Sorry. What have you, in so, terms of, like, yeah, that was, that was my curiosity, was from when you realized that you were having sleep yeah. issues to trying to resolve said sleep issues mm-hmm. around things like sickness, around things mm-hmm. like your kids. What have you changed? in your sleep habits for me to be able to sleep yeah. i can't have any caffeine at all so at all. i have cut it out entirely oh. and that yeah i that's, never actually that's a brave move as a mom, <laughs> yeah, as a mom. <laughs> I, I never had it and it always made me feel jittery when i was like you know if i ever tried it in high school or university or whatever and it was weird because yeah i was a night owl and i worked in the night and like right. i like I think you like and I, I, said, I think we had this conversation sleep. before because so many people ask us like, how did you get through university without drinking <laughs> coffee? And I'm like, I just didn't like, I just, I, yeah, you just get used to it. Yeah. Right? But yeah, I then I started drinking regular drinking coffee <laughs> regularly <laughs> um, when I was became a working mom, like after my first mat leave. And at that time I was working full time out of the home and whatever. Um, and then, yeah, so slowly now I've had to like, yeah, wean myself off again and stop it entirely just for other health reasons too. And just, you mm-hmm. know, to prioritize sleep, sleep is more important for me 
rather than like that extra alertness. Did and like, you, you get used to it. Did you make that decision or did someone suggest for you to make that decision? It's like a commonly suggested thing okay. in the world of sleep. It's a big thing for sleep hygiene, especially if you're struggling. It's one of those things that you know, like, okay, I can be consistent with this because you just like cut it out entirely. And yeah, it can be one of those things on your checklist just to make sure, okay, I'm doing all the things I need to do. Right to try to have a good sleep every night. Mm -hmm. And I also don't drink a lot of alcohol. Like, I guess I drink, like I'll have one drink every like three months or something. So yeah, no caffeine, very little alcohol. Um, I have a fully dark room and often wear an eye mask and oh, yeah. I do have a lavender mm. pillow spray. Andrea was laughing the other day because no, I wasn't laughing, but I well, told you, you you can get, yeah. can actually get a lavender infused pillow. Yeah. Maybe I was laughing oh, because right. I was like, Oh, I have all that lavender things. Like, I have lavender. Like, like lavender being a helpful thing. It, oh yeah. To, like, calm the system yeah. Down. Yeah. It can be oh, very, okay. Okay, here's, very here is, I want to, I'm curious just like in this moment. Um, but it, yeah, essential mm-hmm. oils with kids. Mm-hmm. Also very controversial, it seems mm-hmm. like. I've like looked up, you know, like lavender being one really good for sleep. Mm-hmm. Could I put that in Parker's room? A lot of places are suggesting, a lot of places being the internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of internet research that I've done has like suggested no essential oils because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's allergy related or if it just is like depending on what essential oil you're using. Cause I know that that's a thing too, like mm-hmm. making sure it's a pure essential oil as opposed to like any sort of like mixed oil. Have, do you have oils in Jude's room? Have you no, ever No, but oils? I did. I did when he was a baby, when he was yeah. an infant. Okay. Yeah. I had a diffuser. Um, yeah. what I, my limited knowledge on essential oils, um, I've heard that you shouldn't have it come in contact with them directly with their skin. Sure. Okay. So there are rollers. Like I use a roller on yeah. myself, but not, not on him. Like, um, and some people use it in the bath and that can be a thing for adults, which is great, but I wouldn't use any in your child's bath and no. maybe not like a spray on their pillow or whatever, but sure. in the room in a diffuser or like, yeah, like I said, I have a candle that I use sometimes oh, to wind okay. down in the okay. evening or, um, curious okay sorry I just but like there are there's interesting blends like I have a children's blend that's got lavender in it and chamomile and I'm not sure the other ones but it I'm not sure if that I wonder if that one is a little bit more safe to put in your child's you would assume if it is a children's blend I would hope but you would hope so it's just, okay. I think that extra step of being, you know, just a little bit more careful with this tiny little human. Totally. Absolutely. It's maybe like not even an allergy, but a sensitivity to something totally. in their environment. Yeah. Right. Anyways, lavender spray oh, yes. on your pillow. I am really bad for being on my phone and um, ch- not only checking email, which is really bad, but um, just like taking in that blue light, which yeah. is, yeah. it definitely interferes with melatonin production and um I definitely scroll just kind of that moment at the end of the day where I get like some alone time but then also yeah like I said business ideas and I you know sometimes that's the time of day when I can respond to texts and I'll do a big brain dump on my phone in the note like at the end of the day and that can be really good for sleep to be able to like um could you do it on a pen of paper uh I have before yeah. yeah I should have one on my table next to my bed, but I'm not judging you. I'm I feel just... like, cause then I have to like actually turn on the light and anyway, there's all these reasons why we do the things that we do that we know, that like, yeah. Well, and, and towards that like anxiety thing I've heard mm-hmm. of people either having a journal yeah. or they record voice memos mm-hmm. of like 
this is what I'm really worried about, totally. or this is what I'm anxious Whatever about, this is what's stressing me out. Like having that as a release yeah. before you totally. go to bed yeah. as a thing to like yeah. subconsciously dump stuff off mm-hmm. of your mind before mm-hmm. you enter into that place mm-hmm. where normally that stuff does happen in your subconscious, like in the brain. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of stresses and things will get sorted out mm-hmm. so the more you can kind of dump that before you even totally. enter that state the better yeah i just, sets just you up. started on my phone a, a note um just like i guess essentially brain dumping but not in, it's not like ideas or anything i guess it's more of a journal i don't know anyways um and it was just like my three month postpartum mm time (laughs) and just like it's been very different than it was with Parker and so like just kind of like putting it out on the table for lack of a better word just so that I don't dwell on it or like think Mm -hmm. about or overthink Mm -hmm. how it's going and how Mm -hmm. it has been comparatively or just even separately to the Mm -hmm. first time but yeah anyways I think it's really good like as adults and as kids it's a conversation that I have with my son every day like let's have a high and a low that we talk about like from your day. So it's, you know, we're processing what has happened today Mm -hmm. and it's so cute because he's like, he often says, mommy, I didn't have a low today. Like he's such a happy kid right now, which is so great. And like, you know, like it's just nice to process like what has happened in his day and he doesn't need to be worried about the things ahead or whatever, but we do talk about like what's coming ahead in our week. And Mm -hmm. I have a big, like I do sit down on like a Sunday night like almost every week, like when I can, I'll, I'll like plan out my week and just have a plan for when I have time to think through these solutions or right. when, yeah, when I need to be worried about or when I need to not be worried about or thinking about, you know, master plans mm-hmm. to take over the world or whatever. Um, but oh, cool. yeah, brain. Thinking the brain planning sessions, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, yeah, honestly, like I said, I just like turn off lights and like, well, like I said, I turn off for the big a little while, but I yeah. turn, turn off, off my phone away and I put a podcast on and honestly, like it comes from being a child. I listened to Adventures in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Oh, Do you know Adventures in Odyssey? Deep cuts. Uh, Ooh, that just brought me back, y'all. <laughs> the whole, the yes. whole family, right? So yeah. Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. Um, my daughter is not named after Mr. Whitaker. I mean, like, he does have a really amazing With character. Me, I've never ever made that association. He has an amazing character. He and is a great, like, you he know, a great he always does what's right. And he helps and supports a lot of people. He is, like, the so. god of the Christian <laughs> Odyssey. Anyway, so yes, I listened to that a lot every single night. That would I would put on a story and I'd be asleep within five minutes as a kid. And so that's what I blame it on. Right. So like, do the same on, thing. Like yeah. dependence. Yeah. It's a sleep association. And the good thing is, yeah, when I had it, it's great. And it helped me and it was guaranteed. And yeah. so now, yeah, I don't even find it anymore. I just listen to a podcast or an audiobook. But then like you never know where to start at the next night for the audiobook. Right. So and, you don't want to miss anything. But like yeah. when I listen to Office Ladies podcast, I love them. But yeah, I don't really care as much about sure, listening and hearing the end yeah. of the episode. <laughs> Sister, she falls asleep or did. Her husband, I think, would. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't want to listen to it, so then every once in a while she falls asleep with her AirPods in. But mm-hmm. um, she would fall asleep with friends, mm-hmm. like when she lived at home okay. at my mom's. Yeah. 
um, she would fall asleep to friends just like playing in the background. Mm -hmm. And like, because she'd seen the snow so many times, again, same thing as the office Mm -hmm. ladies, she wouldn't have to like watch it to make sure that she knows what happened because mm-hmm. she knows every episode like the back of her hand. Well, and it's There's proven that, noise at that yeah, a lot of people fall asleep to the TV on or to oops, listening to totally the show. But yeah, um, it's proven too that listening or sorry, watching one of your favorite shows over and over again, like it's, uh, it reduces anxiety. And so the idea of falling asleep to it makes sense because yeah, you know what's going to happen. Sure, it's predictable. Right. Yeah, that makes but sense. But like at what point does... Does the lowered anxiety maybe get combated by like screen time? Sure. Right? Like where, well, where and that's I think also... Erica just honestly, that's my sister. Uh, she will just have it playing. Yeah, she's, she's not watching. Okay, she's just, right. So a lot of people that yeah. I talk to with like they have the TV on. Yeah, they just close their eyes and it's on, but they're just listening. Right. But yes, that's, that's also something like, especially that I work with with parents is another thing on the checklist. You know, not every kid needs this, but if your kid is struggling, I highly suggest making the room a hundred percent pitch black. Dark. Mm-hmm. Don't have any light, you know, whether it's a street light, like creeping in or especially those screens, we kind of cut that out at least two hours before bedtime because that blue light can penetrate your eyelids and wake them up and I feel like, you know, yeah. interfere with melatonin production and increase like, cortisol. Like, like right now, obviously it's middle of the day. Parker's room is pitch black, mm-hmm. but since, since redoing our floors, go with me here. Since redoing our flooring, <laughs> um, the floors are lower than they were mm-hmm. from our previous floor. And so the space mm-hmm. on the, at the doors is bigger than it was before yeah. okay. and so we have yeah. a towel yeah like covering the crack of the door and i'm sure people would make fun of me they're like why do you have a towel just like on the floor it's important folks she has been asleep for about 45 minutes now, oh, just so you know well tell us why andrea why is it so important that she sleeps during the day that she gets her nap in it's not just for you to have that very important time during the day yeah, it's, it's not just well, and now with a second kid i don't actually get a break yeah but, but anyway <laughs> um why why is it why, why does she, she need to have a nap every day because she's a year and a half and she needs a like specific daytime sleep mm-hmm. amount in order for her to have good nighttime sleep like daytime sleep feeds into nighttime sleep which feeds into daytime sleep which feeds into nighttime sleep do you follow me you're here? such a good student I'm sorry. i have taught you so well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well and, and that's like I remember when she was little, I'm like very much as you, you two could attest. I'm like not stressed about the fact that she didn't fall asleep. I mean, I was a little bit because it was super weird, but like she is a good sleeper now, Mm -hmm. but when she was little and I remember you, because we have a, um, what are they called? (laughs) Camera. (laughs) Like not just a thank you video monitor, not just a sound monitor, so that I could like physically, I mean when she was little, like so I could physically like ensure that she was okay in her crib Mm -hmm. and she wasn't suffocating or whatever. But like also so that I could see that she fell asleep. Whereas with a sound monitor, I mean if it's quiet, which oftentimes she's just like quietly hanging out in her crib, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't actually have a sweet clue if she was asleep. So with a video monitor I can actually I mean normally I don't have it on the whole time but I it's it's out of my reach mm-hmm. um but I can yeah like just check in and see and like if she gets up in the middle of a nap and starts crying I can turn the monitor on and like mm-hmm. like 
was evident before we started recording. I could see that she didn't have her one lovey toy in her crib. So then I had to go in and get it because she'd thrown it on the floor and just to get me in a room probably, but she won't sleep without it. So knowing that she didn't have it gave me the ability to go in and fix mm-hmm. the problem for her. So, mm-hmm. but and yes. Then, and then you can be aware of like, at what point is she waking up? Totally. How long is it taking Absolutely. her before she wakes up? Yeah. Like when she wakes up at what level of activity is she at? Totally. Sort of that whole cycle. Like you can visually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in which, I mean, like we've too. gotten to the point, not that I want to step on your, on oh. your territory here, but we've gotten to the point where like, yeah, she only has one nap a day. So she's 21 months now. She only has one nap a day. Um, and, but she's gotten to the point where it's not, it's not important. Well, I mean, like it is important, but it, it, she's just in there. There is a set time that she's just in her crib now. It's not necessarily that she's sleeping the entire time. Like sometimes it takes her five minutes to fall asleep and sometimes it takes her an hour to fall asleep. This is rare, but yeah, yeah. absolutely rare. Like I think the most on a normal situation has been like about half an hour that she has taken to fall asleep, but she'll just like play in her crib quietly and hang out and, but it's still, whether she's sleeping, it's her rest time. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. I mean, thanks to Wonderland Sleep Co., um, Kira, <laughs> for getting me to the point to realize that she doesn't, if, even if she's not sleeping, she still is resting. She's mm-hmm. not engaging her brain in the same way as she would be if she was out here playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's still a rest time. So, Especially since, since it's dark. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's no. There's nothing stimulating yeah. her brain. No sunlight, no not any well, light. She's stimulate. not dead in there. Like she is still being stimulated anyways. Well, and that's kind of an interesting thing when I work with families, like part of the coaching process, obviously I'm not there. I can't magically make any child fall asleep mm-hmm. whether I'm there or not, but we set these things in place and we also work on like our way of mentally wrapping our minds around like okay what can I do what do I have control here as a parent how do I support my child to sleep and offer the opportunity but then what do I need to let go of because I can get so stressed out and so anxious about my child not falling asleep when they are supposed to or you know sleeping too long or like whatever it is like it it can really like you were walking around here pacing and like you actually did seem very stressed I was stressed and you weren't I was stressed out here I wasn't stressed in there with her trying to like trying to get her to sleep because yeah like you said like there was nothing I could do I don't know what her problem was I don't know why she was upset Mm -hmm. I think she just knew that we were here Mm-hmm. And she wanted to join the party. Well, but. you also mentioned you were worried about her fussing and being very cranky later on sure. today. Yeah. So, like, you are thinking about the future yeah. of what's going to happen, like the ramifications yeah. of her not sleeping. Point number eight, nine yeah. of your blog post. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Like, I I created this blog post about coping, like how we can cope in those moments yeah. of very difficult bedtime battles, yeah. and also just like when things don't go right with sleep for any bedtime for any child but I think most of those I was kind of talking to parents who were a little bit children who are a little bit older but yeah like those coping mechanisms like that's what we work on with coaching too is just realizing okay like there's sometimes we cannot control what's actually happening but yeah we put the we provide the opportunity and we do have the routine in place and we have the same exact response so that she knows okay this is my expectation right now because this is what mom is showing me because I always expect the same response from mom and so that's what reinforces I think that's the funny thing as you I mean speaking specifically about kids but like as you watch kids grow um like obviously Parker has started to 
be able to communicate mm-hmm. verbally with us mm-hmm. more. And so like she has the sentence or like the phrase change of um, um, in her vocabulary now. And right. so like she yeah. has kind of picked up on like, oh, if I call for mom or dad and I say change of um, they'll probably come because they think that I have pooped or, you know, like you, there's obviously like wheels turning in her head. How can I get my parents in here? Whether or not there has been time, mm-hmm. there have been times um, where she has needed a diaper change. And so it has been effective, like the fact that she communicated that, but it's just funny um, realizing some of the things that she has caught on to um, in order to either need the support that she actually needs or need the support mm-hmm. that she just wants in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious in talking about like as you transition into your adulthood, like how that sort of grows with you. Yeah. Like well, we, we were talking about this a little bit on the last episode. Like, yeah. Like having good sleep as a kid or as even as an infant into a toddler, into mm-hmm. a child, into a teenager, yeah. into an adult, like what what does that progression typically look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what can you start doing for your baby right now? That will set them up for good sleep as an adult. Mm-hmm. Other than Avengers and Odyssey. On the other end of that, like <laughs> what things do you maybe not need to worry about so much uh-huh. that your child will still grow up and have good sleep anyway? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned that you, I don't think, have you actually been diagnosed with an insomnia or you just are like, I am an insomniac because I don't sleep very well? I've had doctors tell me that you have insomnia. So do you think that there are things that, in your childhood like contributed to that mm-hmm. or do you think it's just like life events um, all that kind of stuff that maybe whatever so this, this is pretty typical of third children, children. i am the third yes, and youngest child in my family okay. and i had you were the third and youngest mm-hmm. i had very <laughs> severe fomo growing up and my brothers are three and a half and five years older than me so i had a a much earlier bedtime than I'm usually and my parents were good at putting me to bed like it's not that they failed in teaching me healthy sleep habits or you know enforcing bedtime or whatever but there were those moments where I remember like the popcorn smell wafting up the stairs and lots of laughter and yeah has to be upstairs in her room and they'd find me like at the top of the stairs falling asleep or or whatever and I mean like with three kids like you're schedule changes it's just harder to be a little bit more rigid and like my parents also really you know we went on family vacations and we did like lots of fun things and I also played sports and all those things and they like those things change your schedule like you kind of have other commitments that are very important too so while you would sleep like Andrea and I now would probably say if something cut into bedtime no we are not doing that thing for our kids you know like we are we have that time so much whatever but, but yeah, yeah, not um, for us, for our children, just right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like give or take a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah there's, there's just all sorts of sleep or all sorts of disruptions along any child's journey. And then I kind of think for me, especially, like I said, with my personality development and then things that kind of came along and opportunities that came along when I was in university, especially like I was involved in like. 40 different things in my third year of university when and that was when I started having seizures and just was so excited about everything and didn't have enough time in the day and anyway so like my sleep 
was not important to me at all. Like I just lived off of three or four hours a night or, you know, whatever, even less than that sometimes, which is very embarrassing for me to say. Yeah, but yeah, like once we really get down to it and you really face, okay, this is what's going on. Like I have to make a change here. And for me, I was forced to because of my health. And then when my kids came along, I needed to get even better at prioritizing my sleep because it would be really bad for me to have a seizure if I was holding my baby or not even not even like you worry about like when they're in the bathtub but like even if you're just holding them you know you're gonna drop them or um because I have like a full-on tonic tonic seizure so it takes over my entire body and it's I'm unconscious for a long time and incoherent and so then my son and my daughter are going to be alone even if I'm not holding them like there are so many things that you don't want to have a seizure when you have kids or like for me for example when I was pregnant or during the delivery all those things especially newborn phase like it was yeah, very important for me to learn healthier sleep habits. So, but yeah, like I think in any kid's life, it kind of depends on their life circumstances and like how the caregivers prioritize sleep and evaluate and you know a lot of your habits around it. But and then also yeah, some of those genes and some kids do need a little bit more sleep to function well, and some kids need less sleep and. Anyway, the like sleep cycles do start like adult sleep cycles. The interesting thing is they start at four months old. So there's this big scary thing called the four month sleep regression. Jamo, have you heard of it? In your I have, yeah. Okay. I've got, I've got, I've got neighbors upstairs right. that have kids. Is your nephew at four months? My nephew is four, four months at the end of. Wait, he was born August thirty first, so he is over four months now. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they are having that trouble with him right now. Yeah. He's not sleeping as well as he was during yeah. that one to three month well, period. People, people are so confused and so like bewildered about it because like their child has, you know, they come out of the womb and they're so sleepy. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes it's, things are difficult and sometimes they cry and it's like a big world for them to experience. But honestly, a lot of newborns are very sleepy in the first few weeks of life. And then, you know, towards four months, they kind of like lose that need to sleep all the time and they're more alert and whatever but they still can sleep four five six seven eight hour stretches um you know usually we have to wake them to feed them because their tummies are so tiny and we need to feed them but yeah when it comes to four months then often many many babies are just like their sleep just goes way out the window like it goes black because like they're changing to these adult sleep cycles from baby newborn sleep cycles, which is just two, it's light and deep sleep. And then we develop our other sleep cycles when we, you know, turn four months and we move into this more adult sleep cycle. It's just like a phase of neurological development around that four months. Yeah, around four months. And then we have those same sleep cycles all the way till the day we die. So yeah, they do get a little longer. Um, they get to be, you know, they start at around 45 minutes and then us as adults, we kind of have 90 minute sleep cycles, but yeah. Well, that's, like we talked days. about that last week. Like we have the sleep cycles, but because we're like seasoned sleepers, right. we yeah. don't necessarily wake up to realize that we've woken mm-hmm. up because we're able to just get ourselves through that sleep cycle mm-hmm. and back into sleep, which is. Well, and what I've heard as well is though, those times that you do wake up during the night, the parts of the brain that are responsible for memory formation are not mm-hmm. active at mm-hmm. that point. So you don't remember that you woke up. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you could easily wake up, you turn over, you yeah. do, you, you know, you'd be active I think in that's your so sleep. Funny. Yeah. But then you don't remember any of those events. So like, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, and even, every once in a while too, I remember 
waking up and being just totally flipped around. Like I would have my, oh, my head feet on my foot. pillow That's and my funny. head where my feet were. Yeah. And it would just happen every once in a while. That's so funny. And even now, sometimes it's like, oh, my covers are gone. Or I right. wake up and my covers are totally flipped. Right. But my head is still on the pillow. That's I'm funny. like, I'm doing backflips in my sleep. <laughs> I got like I gymnastics going on. <laughs> I, I get like tangled up in my sheets. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think for in our bed, I, the cover slash duvet either is like way over on my side like I have pulled it way over my body or Matt has pulled it way over his body right (laughs) so like either I wake up and I'm like why am I so cold and I like realize that he's like hogged the blankets I've heard of people getting like two like two duvets for that exact reason like no this is your duvet you can do whatever you want with it like leave my duvet alone Mm. anyways Um, That also just reminds me too, like sleep cycles. I know we have a friend who used to be in choir, but she had, she had an app that she, maybe she still does. I don't know, but she would record herself, like Mm -hmm. record her sleep so she could hear because she would talk in her sleep. She would have like full on conversations Mm -hmm. in her sleep. Really? Yeah. It was very funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I apparently talk in my sleep too. Really? I say really funny things. Matt, sometimes, I think I shared this on the podcast before, but he will sometimes like half wake up and like say, I, I wish that I had it written down, but he will like half wake up and he'll like ask me something or say something. Yeah. And I'm like, are you okay? And and he'll just like go back to sleep. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'll usually remember it for the next day because then I'll like ask him like, do you remember saying this in your sleep and he's like no recollection it's very funny that's <laughs> really funny that's yeah funny. anyways yeah sleep cycles they're wild and yeah they they continue they are ever cycling <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the interesting thing we can talk a little bit about sleep cycles really quickly if you want and i would yeah. love to hear your learnings over the past few days mm-hmm. with your yeah, podcast that you've been listening to. how about you go ahead and just share what you've learned um one thing actually i was i was texting with andrew earlier today about this one um for people that have really interrupted sleep or mm-hmm. it's very difficult to sleep or deprived of sleep Mm -hmm. like maybe in the case of a mom with a newborn Mm -hmm. and you just don't get that chance to sleep Mm -hmm. um symptoms of depression Mm -hmm. can often escalate with really with with sleep deprivation yes which unfortunately for newborn mothers also coincides with postpartum depression Mm -hmm. so you know even if you're already experiencing postpartum stuff then you're also being sleep deprived. That's just going to amp up the level at which you're oh, feeling that yeah, depression. Absolutely, it's just doubling over. Yeah. Well, you it's talk about unfair. you come home from the hospital, you're recovering from what could have been a pretty intense birth. Well, whatever yeah. birth you had or delivery you had, it's, it's intense, yeah. and you have to recover deal. from it. You're recovering from pregnancy, and your body is hormones crazy, down. yeah, whack with hormones. You are likely going through a big identity shift if it's your first child, and any child adding right. is yeah. like okay, I'm not working outside my home and I, you know, have a lot of independence in my life to now like, oh, this is a whole new chapter of my life. And that was a big thing for me was my identity shift. And then you also could have family 
pressures or changes in an extended family. You're totally. also figuring out probably a new role or new like dynamic with your partner, with the father or with the mother of this child. And then also the last thing is sleep deprivation. If you get thrown into that, which you will, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's a <laughs> form of impairment and yeah. it is actually a form of torture over time too. Like, well, and, and if you're behind the wheel with sleep, with yes. being sleep deprived, oh, yeah. it's that's an a impairment. form of intoxication. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you can get a DUI for it. Yes. And then you're handed this baby that you have to take care yeah. of and, you know, make sure that they survive every day. And there's nobody else who will do that. Like you're the one person or the couple, you are the two people that are supposed to take care of this child and make yeah. sure they're okay. Like it's kind of a crazy new ride. And I think it's honestly can be the most intense thing that anybody can ever go through in life is to become a parent and likely is, it is often the most intense thing for a lot of people. Anyway, sorry, I'm obviously very passionate about it, but the well, chance of, of and the likelihood of postpartum depression, anxiety, and postpartum rage, and so many mental health things can come into play and do often come into play with a lot of families. And also like their values in trying to figure out what is right. Like, like I said, with sleep training being quite controversial, it's a form of you know making sure that we value sleep but we also yeah we're working on independence and that means like leaving our baby alone mm -hmm. for a, a short time we do respond to their need when they have a different need but we're not responding to you know their need for help to fall asleep because that's what we want to change My faux pas, like what like I, what what do you view as faux pas around sleep? Like what you do if you want to sleep well? Is that um, what you're saying? Just like I don't know, like you know, like when you hear, like I feel like I remember hearing people talking about like, oh, if you keep them up later, then they will sleep longer, like sleep in longer in the morning, which like not true <laughs> it is a weird backwards concept that I do end up repeating over and over with a lot of parents it's hard to understand that babies more sleep will beget more sleep that's the saying is sleep begets sleep so right. an overtired baby especially has um, usually an increased level of cortisol in their body the hormone cortisol and that interferes with melatonin production the sleepy uh, sleepy hormone so if they are awake too long, they can catch a second wind and actually a seem, seem like they are ready to, you know, run around and have, all, they have all the energy in the world. Um, but you've actually, you could have missed that window, that opportunity to be able for them okay. to be able to fall asleep well. So now they have this overproduction of, of the hormone cortisol and falling asleep is more difficult for them. And they're more likely to wake up in the night or wake up in their sleep time or wake up early. Oh, interesting. Um, it's just more difficult yeah. overall. And so, yeah, we see children who have a lot of sleep debt, and this is true of adults as well. If they have a big sleep deficit or sleep debt, then it takes a while for them to be able to sleep well with their new sleep times and sleep habits. It takes time to just get on so like the get track back again. on the cycle. And that's why for myself, I feel like, yeah, either a trip or a sickness or whatever can be quite 
derailing for me because it's not just the one night like then yeah. if i'm sleep deprived then it is it's harder like for me yeah it's usually like a streak of really bad nights right. or which i guess you would probably notice more being like insomniac as well right? oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely well one thing that i was learning in these other podcasts too is um the chemical adenosine mm-hmm. is a chemical that starts being produced as soon as you wake up yeah and then the more the longer that you're awake, the more the adenosine builds up in the body. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to sleep, that's when the brain and the body starts being able to process that adenosine and lower those levels. Mm-hmm. But that chemical, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's a chemical that um, it's like a like a bank of sleep almost. Mm-hmm. Like the more that you build up in the body, the more the body will start to feel tired yeah. the longer that you're awake. Another term for it is sleep pressure. We like to use that. Right. Like that yeah. feel that seems that well. yeah, it it um is a good representation of what it is. So an adult needs usually the whole day to build up enough sleep pressure or adenosine in their brain to be able to fall asleep at the end of the day hmm. than to sleep through the night. Um if they're going to bed a lot earlier, it's likely going to be more of a nap and they're not going to be able to sleep their full eight hours or full 12 hours. So that's why when we get like shift work, it's really interesting because a lot of people don't, they're not able to nap or sleep long enough. If they haven't had long enough of a day, you know, if they want to try to get ahead and have their night shift, then they either need to take something to help them sleep or they just stay up and they are awake for the whole day and then their whole night shift and then they sleep longer after that. Yeah, but that's, for that's interesting. Yeah. The interesting thing too about children, especially tiny babies is they really can't handle a lot of sleep pressure. So they could not handle all the way from wake up till bedtime. Right. Even if we do have them sleep all the way through the night, like for them, it should be about 12 hours for most babies, most mm-hmm. kids. Um, but the whole daytime, they need to have naps because if they build up, they can't handle much sleep pressure. So um, for my child and for Parker, who are like, you know, they're on one nap, they can make it five or six hours from wake up time. And then they become this entirely different person, um, <laughs> this raging monster or, you know, just this very cranky child. And, you know, we're in the point of overtiredness and they're just not happy with life and they can't really cope. So we have to have, they have to have those naps throughout the day to reduce or let off that sleep pressure. And right. then it builds again long enough so that they can have their long stretch of sleep overnight. And yeah, for tiny babies, like they need more naps throughout the day because they have way less ability to handle more sleep pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. That whole sleep pressure thing and the wakefulness mm-hmm. and the like naps even during the day, like I was hearing, it's sort of hit or miss like how beneficial naps can be because a nap will alleviate some of that sleep pressure Mm -hmm. but whether or not you have enough pressure at the end of your day after Mm -hmm. a nap Mm -hmm. is kind of hit or miss with some people Mm -hmm. it's 50 50 and i i had a roommate too who was um he used to work security at like a pipeline manufacturing facility Mm -hmm. here in calgary and his shifts were like 10 p.m to 6 a.m yeah and then he would come home, he would sleep for his eight hours. I think he had blackout curtains in his room. Mm-hmm. And then he would come out of his room at like two or three in the afternoon. And then the rest of his mm-hmm. quote unquote day was spent before going back to work at mm-hmm. 10 in the evening. Mm-hmm. And my brother, Nathan, used to work in a bakery. And those bakery hours, when you're starting at yeah. like They're early, know, early. four in the morning, yeah, he would sleep for four hours 
go to work for eight hours, come home and sleep for another yeah. four. And then that was his life for like quite a while he was doing that. So one thing that I was hearing from one of these podcasts too is nighttime like shift work mm-hmm. has been um, researched and proven and like I guess classified is probably a better term for it, classified as a carcinogen mm-hmm. by the World Health Organization. Yeah. It's or very, at least it can a division be very, of the World Health Organization. Yeah, it can be very detrimental. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing too is like with adult sleep cycles, like, you know, we're kind of looking for about eight hours of sleep in your night and there's lots of cool reasons for it. Um, so in the beginning of the night, you're going to have more um, non-REM sleep. Okay. And you're always going to have these 90-minute sleep cycles. So you do get a bit of REM sleep and non-REM sleep in your 90-minute sleep cycle. There are five stages in every sleep cycle. Um, but your body spends a lot more time in non-REM, which is like a it, you can think of it as a big um, first aid, like emotional and physical first aid for your whole body. Okay. So yeah. all of your respiratory and circulatory functions and even your brain, like everything gets, you know, rapid healing kind of, um, in this non REM. But then when we go into REM sleep, that's where, yeah, the, that memory formation and, you know, this download of whatever happened during the day goes right. into your that, frontal that lobe. Processing and, mode. Yeah. So anyway, that yeah. happens. It's kind of this battle through the night in the first half of the night, it's usually the non REM wins out and there's a lot more time spent in that. And then by the end of the night, you're spending a lot more time in, sorry, REM in REM sleep. And so if a person is not getting their full eight hours, then you're cutting into like, it's not just that they get less sleep overall, it's that they're not getting that REM sleep most of their REM sleep. It could be 50 to 70% of it through the night that they're missing, even if it's only an hour or two hours at the end of their night that they're not sleeping. So like that, that end of the night, Mm -hmm. even though you're going through multiple sleep cycles, Mm -hmm. the ones near the end are the ones that are most intensely REM focused. Yeah. And then if you're cutting those Mm -hmm. off by an hour or two, you're missing out on a full cycle of sleep. Yeah. You're missing and out you're, on a lot of your REMs. Yeah. It's not, it's not that you can't live like that. It's just that you're not, it's just not as good for you and right. yeah. it can be very detrimental long-term. So your friend like that, yeah, shift work is pretty intense. And whether it's like, you know, you have this split shift or split sleep life yeah, where he only is getting two, four hour naps yeah. In his 24 hours like you're or not really getting enough yeah. sleep. Or people who have a really wonky schedule and they're constantly switching between days and nights and like it's not like a particular time that they sleep consistently every day. Like it can be really it can really mess you up. Right. Like nurses that do shift work. Yeah. Right. And like people do it and I admire them a lot. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like some people's bodies can handle things in a very different way. <laughs> but yeah, well, for and, me and that would that be too, like not like, okay. Like, Right. Yeah. Like to that point too, there's some people that say, oh, I only need like five or six hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is, is that kind of the case? Like that's like a minimum. Like first, you know, like, like, like I said, some people have different sleep needs. Totally. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're fine. It's, and honestly, it's sometimes us like just being in denial of like, well, this is what is right. doable for me or what they I do. They realize that they can cope with that yeah, amount of sleep, but they yeah. don't realize the benefit of getting like another three to four hours of sleep could yeah. do for them. Mm-hmm. And over the long haul, yeah. like yeah, I have thought about, yeah, when I have been most productive and like when yeah. I have been able to achieve more in my life and think clearly and make those, you know, big decisions or like problem solve or whatever, like it does happen when you have more REM sleep in your life, to be honest, or when you're better rested and 
when you're focusing on yeah a longer stretch of sleep every night mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, man. This is such a cool conversation. I'm, <laughs> I'm loving this so much. This it's is really cool. I'm glad that you're able to glean from it, even yeah. though it like oh yeah, a lot of it is like infant based conversation. Yeah. But like it is, it is very like, um, what's the word? It's it's a universal human experience. Totally, sleep, but like I mean, right? it it's very like it it carries with you mm-hmm. as you grow like there are mm-hmm. you know tips that even though you're not an infant anymore like you can still mm-hmm. take away some positive things from the conversation that maybe will help you with your mm-hmm. sleep like maybe you don't have a nighttime routine that like sort of triggers you know calming your body down into yeah. that sleep mode <laughs> I think I may have to go get Parker you guys but I mean even, even just talking about infant sleep with my nephew mm-hmm. who's like four months and my landlord's upstairs the yeah. other two girls mm-hmm. and the sleep struggles that they've had mm-hmm. I'm sure you know it, it's something that even though I don't have kids and I don't really want kids like it's something I'm still very aware of yeah. sure yeah and totally. sleep as a I mean as a topic is just kind of an interesting one in my mm-hmm. mind anyway I think that's like it is yeah it's super fascinating when it comes to infant sleep like you mentioned already like mm-hmm. it is very controversial we hear you Maisie Maisie's awake now everyone um she's joined the conversation yeah sleep we had a good sleep um it is a very controversial topic because there are ways that you can support your child to sleep that are controversial and can cause rifts in your relationships with people because you might think differently about sleep than they do and Mm -hmm. they're not Sure. You know, not that they're not willing, but like they just are not interested in trying the same techniques that mm-hmm. you might want to try. Well, and not every method works for no. every family. Like you totally. do have to find what approach is going to work for you. And totally. if you like what you like I said, what you value mm-hmm. in terms of your parenting and everyday life, like you might you know, like you might not want your child to ever cry and experience hard things, especially in their first year. That's very understandable. Like you don't want your child to be in pain or you don't want them to be crying and upset. And that is painful. And that can be hard for anybody. Absolutely. And we are wired intrinsically to respond to our baby's cries. And yeah, we don't want them to experience that. (laughs) Um, With with Parker going off in the background here. (laughs) Our tiny, tiny baby's cries. But yeah, like, you know, Andrea and I have talked a lot recently about car seat confidence. Like we would never drive anywhere with our children, not in the car seat, no matter how much they hate the car seat. Like, you know, like, and often people just end up not going places with their kids, but well, that was me with Parker mostly due to pandemic, but also because we finally like figured out sleep that worked for her and being at home was like the more successful way, but also because we just didn't we didn't get the practice in of car seat. Yeah, but mm-hmm. when you when you did need to go somewhere, sure. you would endure the cries. Sure, you yeah. Know, and yeah. she was yeah. okay back yeah. there. You know, she had what she needed. She wasn't actually in pain. Like, no. you know that she was fed. She know, yeah. You know that she didn't need anything. <laughs> okay. She just was yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. So, or occasionally had the gas bubble that I just didn't get out before <laughs> I put her in her car seat. But, that's but the, we learned. But, you know, like, it's okay for her to have to experience something they call it um you know a safe or healthy stressor in a child's life especially like they can learn it at the age of four months or six months right 
to learn, okay, I can do this. Like mom and dad are giving me the opportunity to learn a skill. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I'm uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Maybe it's just not really my plan because I'm happy with how things have been going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy yeah. with you holding me all night long or sleeping in your bed or whatever. But to expose your child in a safe way mm-hmm. to a healthy stressor or to something that you know will allow them to learn a new skill or learn some independence, that's really good. And that's what's setting them up for success in life. And that's honestly like what I preach with what I do is like, I care a lot about families learning and understanding what resilience is and how to build the best brain that you can for your child. And I feel like when you say healthy stressor too, oftentimes it's that it's more of a stress for you Mm -hmm. as the parent than Mm -hmm. it is for the child. That's what finding the right method really, really means for a family is babies. They can handle whatever sleep training method, how long you want to wait or what you want to do to support your child to sleep. Totally. Whether you go pick them up or not, or you, you know, leave the room for long extended periods of time, like they're going to be fine. No, even if they cry really hard, they will be okay. But the parents and the mental health of the parents, either figuring out something that's really fast, that's going to work so they can like really recover because they might be in a really hard place in their life because of this severe sleep deprivation or parents who, you know, might be a lot more anxious about this process and they need the ability to go in and help their child a lot more often and especially if they're a first time parent yeah yeah it's hard yeah 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 it's a balance though because i can usually see well i know that this method yeah it's going to help you and it's going to be very good for your anxiety as a parent and that's what we need but you know this is going to be a much longer process so if you come to me when you're super exhausted already totally and in a bad place mentally like this is it's gonna be really hard hard. to be consistent with your method which is the key to success Mm -hmm. with it we could go on and on about this andrea and i have had so many conversations about sleep and through the years and we could especially talk about baby sleep forever and ever and ever Us guests near the end of the show. Um, what's one thing that you wish people knew about blank? And so I feel so strongly that like I want to ask that question, but I also want to ask like another one okay. sort of in there as well. So um, maybe because you struggle so much with your own sleep, and because that's such an important thing for you, and now that you've got two kids, and that's something you're very aware of with how they need to sleep well um what is one thing that you found to be really rewarding as a sleep consultant and a sleep coach Mm -hmm. and then what's one thing you wish people really knew and understood about maybe the importance of sleep Mm -hmm. so me like from my perspective as a sleep coach I find it really rewarding when I can help parents understand that they are important and their needs are important Mm. and their child actually has a need to sleep as well. It's not that we are just being selfish when we sleep train our babies and help them learn these, you know, more sustainable sleep skills. So mom and dad can sleep. It's not just for them. It's Mm -hmm. for their child's, um, 
long-term development and well-being and and they're growing it's really important for them and it's just really wonderful when parents come back to me and say you've changed our lives like you have transformed our world and like you know I've worked with some people who are on the brink of divorce or on the brink of like suicide even and like severe depression and you know sleep is the the horrible source of all of that when you're living in this horrible dysfunction and we can't show up as parents or we can't show up as partners or you know like you some people do live in it for so long so yeah like being a part of that is like really you know this being a support to them is really helpful and to help them know like there is a way out of this and we can work towards a better life for your family and (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely it's really important so you know, to answer the second part of that question, what do I hope people would, what do I wish people would know about this is, you know, I'm here and there are people to help you in this journey of parenting, um, you know, to, to help with whatever you're going through. So, you know, you need to understand that you are important with whatever your need is. Like if you, again, if you had a broken leg, you go to a doctor. Yeah. If you have trouble, like some people really struggle with breastfeeding and they really want that to be a thing for them. So you go to a lactation consultant or, you know, reach out to your doctor. If you need help with mental health stuff, like I'm not a counselor or a therapist, but you know, if sleep is a hard thing for you, like let's work on that. And we can, you know, we can, achieve a much better more comfortable way of living um and you know you are valuable and you are important as a mom or as a dad who has needs as well and it is good for baby too yeah absolutely i hope that that answers your question the best answer i love it (laughs) thank you so much kira this was great yeah it's been great to be here thank you so much for inviting me it's been a pleasure Wow, wasn't that a great episode? <laughs> we said three seconds after we stopped talking for the intro. So welcome back after about an hour or so of listening to the episode. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, funny. So funny. It's funny to record these things post uh post episode recording, I guess, or post live yeah, recording. Definitely. I think we've so. done like one or two of these before where we've done we the full episode and then we've recorded a recap a afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think we recorded an intro and an outro at the same time. So that's probably no. this. Uh, yeah. So this, this is new, fun, moment. exciting territory. Um, but yeah, uh, you've made it to the end of the episode. <laughs> you made it. You did it. You learned so many things. <laughs> you have lots of takeaways about sleep. Um, thanks again to Kira so much, uh, for being on the, yeah, thank on you. the podcast. Um, it was, it was her first amazing. time as she mentioned, and I think she had a really great experience, which is always good to hear. So it was a lot of fun having her on, um, yeah. and getting to talk about what she is super passionate about. So, yeah, it was great. Um, I honestly, like I learned a lot about, about sleep just as a concept from her. Totally. And I had, yeah. I guess I had said in the episode, like I listened to a few episodes of different podcasts and whatever but there's yeah. a lot of good info in there from her as well totally you know Some and especially nuggets. with her own struggles with like insomnia and epilepsy in there too like Absolutely. wow yeah. you never know what people are dealing with in their own no, uh, definitely in their not. own sleep or lack of or yeah in their own minds and bodies and it's it was, it was really good so again yeah. thank you Kara this was awesome and thanks yeah thanks for sharing some of that personal stuff um as well so 
Yeah. If you are interested in reaching out to Kira, she may have mentioned, I don't remember, um, that she has a free 30-minute consultation uh, over the phone that she offers yes. for new clients. So if you want to get in touch with her, um, you can go to her website. It's www.wonderlandsleepco.com, wonderlandsleepco.com. It'll be in the show notes. Um, and you can also find her on Instagram at wonderlandsleepco. Um, yeah, she's a great resource, especially if you are, well, I mean, specifically for infant sleep, but, um, I don't know, maybe you just want to connect with her and chat more about sleep. Could yeah. be a fun time. Who knows? Well, I feel so. like this episode was so like wide ranging too, like, you know, because we did talk about our own sleep patterns and, um, our own sleep hygiene and all of sure. that. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like even if you don't have kids of your own, or even if your kids are grown up, like this episode could still be a very useful resource for people Absolutely. that struggle with their own sleep and, totally. you know, look up other sleep podcast episodes too, and, mm -hmm. and see what else you can learn and find out. Cause sleep is super important. It's something we all do. Yeah. Yeah. And most of us don't get enough of it. Amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My daughter was up yeah. from one to three thirty last night, so I definitely am feeling that oh, one man. today. A resounding yeah. yes from from the mother of two <laughs> over there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I think Sleep. um our our next episode will be out in yeah, another two weeks. So that'll be another upload download episode. Mm -hmm. And then you and I were talking today about doing another episode with our friend Chad. Yeah, uh, discussing Oscars stuff yeah. again. So I've, I honestly, I would be very okay again. with us making this like a yearly thing where every season we do an Oscars episode. I will definitely I ask him. He has a lot of knowledge about the show and just generally speaking around the Oscars. So yeah, I've already seen a few show. little things of controversy and all of that surrounding the stuff this year before before it's even been aired. So. We'll see what happens, but yeah. stay tuned for that. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get Chad on for another episode and do an Oscars uh, an Oscars one. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. Like I feel like, well, I mean, yeah, I could go into it, but maybe I'll save it. But anyways, the nominations just came out a couple weeks ago, and I was a bit shocked by some of them and by the lack of nominations for some specific categories. So. That's right. all I'll say about that. Um, that's also speaking as someone who um, hasn't necessarily seen a lot of the Oscar-nominated movies, right? Too. So it's just yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's nice like having the list out now. Like we can do our homework and we can start watching some of these movies because yes. I felt a little underprepared last year. Yes, but I watched as many as I could and I felt like I had a pretty good grasp of it. But totally, um, I we just finished watching Elvis the other day. Oh, nice. It took us three nights to watch it. Hashtag two small children. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. Lots of stuff I didn't know about Elvis, including the fact cool. that he died at 42. How sad and tragic. Yeah, so sad. So yeah. 42. Anyway, so yeah, that'll be coming out. Um, that'll be our next interview episode, hopefully. Yeah, I guess with or without Chad, I think we should talk about um, the Oscars. But if he can join us, then that would be superb. Heck yeah. Cool. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And um, we'll get that get that all uh, figured out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. 
Okay. Well, I think I think that's about it. I think we can yeah. uh, we can close this one down. But thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if if you found any value in this episode, please, please, please share it with somebody you know, someone who deals with um, sleep issues of their own, or they have kids and they're trying to figure out how to, how to put the youngins to bed. You know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's lots of resources out there, so definitely, yeah, um, definitely check them out. Check Wonderland yep. Sleep Co. out. <laughs> Wonderland Sleep Co. Cool, cool. All right. Bye, Thanks, Jamo. Andrea. Peace out. Toodaloo.